0: Next time I see Sharon, she has informed me that she put the three kids back into this foster system in the city of Philadelphia. I just say to her, you're out of your fucking mind. But anyway, we start visiting. The authorities called this bill's parents. The fella, the father of the of the little girl and little boy. The authorities called his parents and and put the little girl in, in their custody. They put the two little boys, my son Joseph and the little boy named Billy, they put them in the foster system, both in separate homes. So we would go and visit them every week and speaking with the authorities and wanting to know why they didn't call me to come and get my son as they did with Bill's parents with the little, little girl, they said, Well, there's just too much going on here. And, and we checked into the birth certificate thing, and we have a record that your wife did name him Patrick Joseph. <coughs> So in confronting Sharon with that, she confesses, yeah, she did that, because we weren't getting along at the time. Shit, we never did. And, And she just named him after one of her brothers. Now, I named the brothers for you before, but I'm going to give you a quick rundown on them again. The youngest brother was named Manuel. Then there was Luis, the one I hung with, Jose, Lino, and Ricardo. Now, where she gets the name Patrick from isn't another amazement to me, but that'll come out later as I continue writing. Anyway, Karen and I keep visiting the two boys in their foster homes, and I keep talking with the authorities. That I'd like to get these boys out and come live with us. They, they say to me, You don't even have a stable home. You have to get a home. So Sharon and I get, get another apartment together. And this will take me on another little story and get me away from this broken record I'm writing. So here we go. We get a nice garden apartment up in the greater Northeast nice neighborhood, and we move into a basement apartment. It was a three-story building with six different apartments. We moved in the very first day, we're still moving in, getting settled, and the girl from upstairs comes running down, banging on our door, please help me, please help me, my husband's trying to kill himself, so I go running upstairs to the second floor door is open. I go into the apartment. I hear commotion in the bathroom. I go back to the bathroom and here's what I see. This man, fully dressed, is laying on his back in the bathtub. The pipe, connecting to the shower head, is pulled out of the wall. The pipe is bent, forcing down, and the water is squirting this man in his face, laying in the bathtub. I looked down, I said, how you doing? He says, all right, he says. He says, do you drink? I said, yeah, I do. He says, I got a bottle of Southern Comfort in the kitchen on the counter. There's a couple of glasses there. How about getting it for me? I said, yeah, sure, you want to be all right? He says, yeah, I'm fine. So I come back, and I look the situation over there. He had taken a shoelace and tied it around the shower head and around his neck, and he stood on the side of the bathtub and jumped, looking to hang himself. He falls into the bathtub and pulls the shower head out of the wall. Pulls the whole pipe down out of the wall, and there it is. That's the situation. And a guy says to me, do you gamble? I said, yes. He says, you want to go to the racetrack with me? I said, yeah, sure. Why don't you get out of there, get some clean clothes on, and we'll go downstairs and see our wives, and we'll go to the racetrack. He says, Okay. This was my first meeting with a man named Bernie Bales. I've called him the gambler ever since. I should have named him the world's worst gambler. As it goes, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. He lost the first four wives gambling. They lost four businesses, four sets of children, four homes. Bernie was the world's worst gambler. But as he was the worst gambler, he was also one of the world's best salesmen. Now, Bernie worked at this time selling Kirby vacuum cleaners. That was a new, upcoming, super-duper vacuum cleaner. And Bernie explained to me he was a regional manager or something, and he had several people working under him. And he got a commission on everything they sold. And he had to stop at his office and pick up a couple of Kirby vacuums, and stop along the way and see if he could sell one or two, so he'd have some money to go to the racetrack. Now bernie explained to me, to me, these vacuums ran him very reasonable. I'm going to take a guess and say, they cost him maybe $35, and they sold for 700 or whatever you could get. So, he picks up a couple Kirby vacuums, puts them in the trunk of his car. He gets a little list off his desk of what they call leads, somebody that he... Thinks he may have a chance to sell a vacuum, too. And we head down the road with his first name on his wrist. How as bad a gambler as Bernie Bales was, just the opposite. He was a crackerjack salesman. I went with him for these two demonstrations he was going to put on. First of all, the Kirby vacuum cleaning office calls people at random and tells them their name has been selected and they've won $20 worth of food coupons at their favorite grocery store. All they had to do was let their man demonstrate this curvy vacuum for them. So Bernie Bales rings the doorbell. This woman comes to the door. Bernie Bales hands up. $20 worth of food coupons that she's won and says that he's going to demonstrate this beautiful Kirby vacuum for her. It's the greatest vacuum in the world. And she explains to him she had just bought a Hoover vacuum a week or two ago. Now Hoover was the number one name at that time in vacuums. That was also an expensive vacuum that sold for maybe $500. So Bernie sticks his foot. The woman tries to close the door, and Bernie sticks his foot in the door, and he keeps talking and talking. He finally convinces this woman to open the door and let him in with his curvy vacuum to give her a demonstration. He explains to her that I'm 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 a new new guy learning the vacuum business and I was here to listen to his demonstration. So she lets us in. Bernie <laughs> Bernie proceeds to give her a demonstration. What a demonstration. He spills dirt all over her rug, and he backens it up. He he just goes on and on for Maybe a half an hour, maybe an hour. At the end of this this little seminar he gives. He ends up taking the woman's vacuum, the Hoover, that she just purchased a week or so ago. He tells her he's going to give her the two hundred dollars she put down on this Hoover vacuum. He's going to deduct that from the price of the Kirby. He's going to pay off what she owes on the Uber. She can have the Kirby. And he ends up taking the brand-new Uber out of this woman's house. He ends up taking $200 in cash from the woman and has her sign a contract where she's going to pay another $500 in payments over time. That was amazing to me. I thought I had a license to steal. This guy was a genius. I go with Bernie to his second demonstration, where again he takes two, three hundred dollars in cash from the woman, has a sign a contract that she's going to pay it off. And now he's got four or five hundred dollars in his pocket. He says, we'll go to the racetrack. He don't like to go with such little money, he says. He says, but he explains to me how he embezzled (laughs) quite a bit of money from the Kirby office and had lost the gambling. And it had to be replaced within the next few days. And that's why he was trying to kill himself. And now he's got (laughs) to see if he can win the money to replace what he had stolen. I watched a man from a Cracker Jack salesman to a terrible gambler. But that's enough for Bernie Bales for now. That was 45 years ago. Me and Bernie have remained friends and are still friends today.